been it's been such an eventful week. Um, I'm sure you noticed, and um, and it was really a perfect opportunity to experience impermanence. That things can change. That states can change. And also, not just impermanence, but hope. Hope, which I was realizing this week as never before, that hope is not hope for a fixed outcome, necessarily some picture in our head or some belief. It's a, a practice, really. It's an openness to the possibility that something unexpected may come something unexpected. And first, I want to invite you to feel what it's like to, it sounds so counterintuitive because here we are on the computer, but to feel what it's like to put most of your attention on your physical sensation, even as you listen. Instead of being in your thoughts, how does it feel to come back to sensation, to the sensation of being present as you experience it right now? Because one of the great paradoxes of practice is that when we come back to sensation, we come back to the body, we become more free, more open. And as you listen with eyes open, you might just experience that as a, a bit of relaxation, softening. And not stressing, not reaching out to hear just the right thing or something you're hoping for, but to have another kind of hope, which is just to be open, to be open. And I began to feel, and I'm sure you all felt too, such a profound shift from thought stream to the feeling of sometimes things don't go from bad to worse. Sometimes there are stories of great vintages in France that it was all the men were gone to war. All hope they thought was lost. And only women and children were left to pick the grapes and everything seemed to be at an end. Everything in war. And that was one of the great vintages in Bordeaux. And I'm not spinning out into wine, but in, in, this, in our own lives, in our own practices, to notice this incredible, extraordinary, really, paradox that when you turn your attention, not into your thoughts, but into seeing your thoughts, into experiencing 
your presence. You can have a moment of freedom that you never could have imagined. A moment of new possibility. And so, uh, you know, sometimes once or twice a month, I teach at the Reuben, which I will do tomorrow, and of course you're all invited, but they have a, a, a theme, and, and naturally for January, the theme is renewal, and I was like, oh, please help me avoid uh, the caterpillar into the butterfly, please. But I, in spite of all my tasteful impulses, I couldn't help but reflect that the story of the Buddha is one where he chooses to die to everything known, to his palace and his marriage and his old attachments and even to his spiritual teachers, all his great yoga masters, every known form. And he retreats into the forest, into a kind of cocoon. He just sits there in the darkness of the unknown where everything is kind of oozing and gooey and uncomfortable and uncertain. There's no such thing as a half butterfly, half caterpillar. It's just goo, gooey, gooey, gooey. And out of this openness, this willingness, this is how it feels. This is how it feels even in the dead of night when you're suffering and obsessing. Just for a moment, sometimes with practice, you are able to let go of the obsession of the thoughts and notice the breath and the sensation of lying there thinking. And in that moment, sometimes you can experience a vibrancy and a sense of awareness and possibility that you didn't know the moment before. And in that moment, you become a new kind of being. A new kind of being appears. And, you know, in a, in a larger sense, here we are sitting here still in quarantine with months to go. And nobody predicted this, nobody wanted this. And yet, when all of this comes to an end in July, and we're having a wonderful party where we can hug one another and dance or whatever, we will remember the taste of freedom that appears in a moment when you let yourself pull back from thinking, pull back from the pictures of your head and just be here. So the transformation that we're embarking on isn't so dramatic as uh, going physically from a caterpillar into a butterfly, but it's still something extraordinary. And there was that famous story that I sent out this week or at the end of last week where when the Buddha stood up and walked after he achieved enlightenment, 
He passed somebody on the road who thought there was something about the Buddha that he'd never beheld. And he stopped in his tracks and said to the Buddha, what are you? He didn't say, who are you? He said, what are you? Are you an angel? And the Buddha said, no. Are you a wizard? The Buddha said, no. Are you even a human being? And the Buddha said, no. Which must have completely blown his mind, because what else could it be? And the Buddha famously said, I am awake. Telling this man, telling us that to be completely awake, present in your body, as you can be right now, in your feelings and in your thought, to be in a state of presence is a different state of being than the way we ordinarily are. It's something new. It's something that's more free. And the beautiful thing about this practice is to remember that it's a practice of tiny moments. You don't have to wait until you're off in the forest. You've seen that by now. I mean, we have conditions of relative isolation. It's a practice of turning the attention to what presents itself, no matter how difficult the feeling, with an attitude of curiosity and mindfulness. Nothing to do, not pushing for a solution, but practicing, holding our experience in awareness, lightly, without clinging, just seeing, just feeling what's here to be felt. And slowly, 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 moment by moment, discovering that there's a capacity in us, a, a force of love in us that can be with life, just like this. And that in itself begins to heal and change us, transform us. So let's sit and then we can have an exchange. We take comfortable seat, which I hope you're already doing. notice that this is really a practice of intention. We intend to allow ourselves to be here just as we are. and let the eyes close if they're not.
And notice how it feels to be completely okay, completely acceptable that you're here just like this. And notice that there's an attention inside you that isn't thinking. It's just seeing, attending. And that this attention relaxes the body. And notice that you can relax parts of the body with almost no effort, the face. And let the back be straight. Let the chest be soft. And see that when you go into thinking that this is completely natural, as natural as breath. And that we can gently bring the attention back again to the sensation of sitting here, breathing and sensing. And notice that when we come back, we don't feel cut off, just the opposite. We feel opening, opening to life. To presence. Sati 
The ancient word for mindfulness means to remember, to remember the present moment. To remember to come back to the body and open to life. And see that every time you get caught in thinking, you can notice this with no judgment, with kindness and curiosity, and come back. Come back to the body, back to the moment. Notice that there's a presence here that grounds you and surrounds you.
Notice how it feels to just give your experience to stillness. To let yourself be completely acceptable. Nothing to do but see. When you get taken by thinking, just gently see this without judgment and gently come home to sensation, back to the present moment. Allowing yourself to settle and open. to a presence that's bigger than thinking, that's inside and outside. and see that there's a light of attention inside that isn't thinking. That sees with kindness, acceptance, 
and care. Notice that every time you come back to the body, you're welcomed by an attention that doesn't judge. Noticing the life inside you, the light of attention, the responsiveness. Just breathing, just seeing.
letting yourself rest in stillness. In presence. Let everything happen to you, every state, every feeling, joy and sorrow. And notice that you're fluid, that your experience flows. And notice that there's something inside that knows how to come home to sensation. That opens to the light of an attention that doesn't judge, doesn't reject. That's kind.
Thank you for your beautiful attention, for your practice. And if you have questions or observations about the practice, um, we'd love to hear them. Wow. I, I, first of all, I just have to say I'm, I'm kind of surprised because uh, you know, I'm trying to practice the first rule of Dharma, which is patience. There's 50 people here, and I figured I spoke before, so I let others speak, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> it's wonderful to see you, and it's wonderful to talk about these things. Um, I'm kind of having the opposite issue with the fact that I've become very, very comfortable with this kind of hibernation that's happened with the pandemic. And I see, I, I see the light at the end of the tunnel, but one of the things that I've, I've really connected with, and uh, I mean, I can't help but plug parabola, but I read that the, um, the essay on Isaac Newton and how he, during the bubonic plague, he went off and um, his greatest discoveries, his deepest discoveries all, all happened during the years, the year I think it was, he was in isolation that, that the writer wrote about. And I find that I'm experiencing that too, just real depth of stillness and, and, and uh, an opportunity to, to meet like this. And I don't know, in some ways, I don't want it to end. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's just amazing. I mean, how much discovery and contentment and happiness there is in just that kind of stillness. And, um, I just kind of get the feeling that there might be people are looking forward to going back to that, to the other world. And maybe I just become a creature of habit. I don't know, but I just thought I'd share that with the group. Okay. Well, it was, you know, I try to avoid references to Isaac Newton and Shakespeare wrote all kinds of plays. Um, it kind of increases the pressure you know, you feel like, oh my God, I should be making some huge discovery or churning out deathless um, plays or something. Um, it's what's interesting about what you say is that um, it it highlights the way that the way we typically live is to decide what our opinion is about what's happening and whether we like it or we don't like it or whether it's something that we judge to be good for us or, or something that is um, very difficult and, and harmful for us. And we have an invitation in this practice to see that at moments, we could have another way of being, another way of being, another life. And it becomes, in, in a way, the possibility of freedom that the Buddha held out was the possibility of, in a moment, you can think, oh my heavens, I'm dying. I, I'm so lonely, and your life is kind of parading before you, and it's all wrong, and there's so much regret, and I'm just taking the opposite point of view. And the next moment, just come back to the breath. Come back to sensation. And taste just really sometimes it's just the the briefest taste 
that you could be part of a different kind of life that's fluid, that's flowing, that's part of what's happening. And not a self-isolated self. And even if you're having the time of your life, and it's a time of extraordinary discovery or productivity, the same thing is true. That in any given moment, you could turn, turn away from the endless product of being yourself towards a life that's present in the moment that that is simply responsive that's here that's open to possibilities that we haven't considered does that make sense yeah it does it does the idea of being fluid and and uh I mean, it's the it's exact antithesis of, of trying to trying to grasp that which always changes. Yeah, yeah. We're like, or this is great, this is great, or this is terrible, this is terrible. But what would it be like if we shifted to this fluidity and like let that taste be the guide? Because it's, we're typically living like, now I have it. I have the solution. Right. Or these are the perfect conditions for me. Or now I, I've figured it out, everything that's wrong. I know what it is now. But what if we just shifted, just not all the time, but in moments to an awareness it's open and we let our practice be seeing that as great as I feel in this moment or as horrible as I feel in this moment there's going to be another moment and another and another and that there's something in me that's not fixed and it doesn't mean I'm wishy-washy. It means that there's something in me that's very alive. That stays open. And we're constantly summing things up. And, you know, there's that Emily Dickinson poem, Hope is the Thing with Feathers. I used to hate that poem. Um, Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without any words and never stops at all. And I used to think, well, isn't that cute? You know, like like this little Tweety bird or something. But now I see it, I experience it in a completely different way. That in spite of everything, there's a capacity in us, however tiny it might feel, to open the next moment to something we haven't thought of. to allow that we're literally more than we think we are. We have capacities that we have never explored of presence, of healing, of participation. I just yeah. want to say, usually when I eat something and other people it's because I'm I have it myself I mean I'll actually hate a blazer and then realize that I'm wearing the same blazer that's, that's the thing I know about myself but the thing I'm hating now in the world is that we this pack we were part of this pack I was part of this pack that's been trying for four years without any success to tear down this monster 
And finally, finally, against all odds, we've demolished him. And now the pack has turned on Biden. And I think, God, can't we give him a hundred days? Can't we give him a minute? Can't we just, can't we just stop hunting for a little while? I mean, I'm sure he's going to do terrible things and he's old and he's got hair plugs and liver spots, but give him a minute for God's sake. <laughs> because it seems to me like we're just, we were hunting and we were hunting and we're not much of a pack because a real pack, three real dogs and a, and a, guinea pig could have taken that guy down it took us four years to take him down and now we're turning <laughs> Biden. And I think, oh, oh can't we just do something else knit <laughs> something else other than tear down our our our, our uh, whoever's at the top of the path it makes me so, so sad so this is really interesting. This is an opportunity for you to see, for all of us to see, that we're constantly identifying ourselves based on what we may be thinking or may not. And we, we create these selves. And... But at any given moment, we're also more than that. We're also a capacity to see. To see. Oh, this is arising. Not see in the sense of analyze. Not analyze. But just see. This is arising. This, it's like I'm aware that there's this impulse to be critical. There is an impulse to look around and want to grasp onto the next problem, whatever it is. I don't need to characterize it. But what would it be like if we could see these impulses in ourselves without judgment? I'm talking about this all the time, but what the possibility for freedom is, up comes whatever it is for you, for you, it's this. For me, it's suddenly feeling um, I can, up will come anger about something else or despair about something else. And, and if I don't interfere, by judging and analyzing, it will grow and flower. And sometimes it can become so fierce. But if I continue to see without judging, no matter how I'm like a baby in a crib, it can feel so screaming inside. And I see that suddenly not usually right in the moment, but at some point soon after, I will see how I'm caught. I will see what I'm always protecting, some fear, some hurt, some tender place. And once I see that this can be held in awareness with curiosity and without judgment, I will also see and feel that I'm more than that. I'm more than that. So ever after, it can proceed in me. But it's not me in the same way. It's like a dog barking. And I've really felt, I've got to feel that whatever that hurt was, whatever that shame was, whatever that anger was, that I feel I must hide or protect at all costs is not me. I 
I'm more. I'm fluid and alive. So does that help? We're always landing on what we think we are. And typically, the things that have hurt us the most or shamed us the most are the things that we deep down think we are. And the gift of this practice, one moment at a time, is to bring light and love to those very places. And we start to know that that's what we are. That everything changes, everything changes. Everything, every feeling, every story, except there are certain things like attention, like love, like this capacity for hope that are constantly present that we finally come to know as ourselves. Thank you. We don't know feeling is final, as Rilke said, no feeling is final. Everything keeps flowing. And this impulse to land or decide or sum up is something that we can see, that too, we can see without judgment. So let's close now. Um, we're going to take take our seat. Actually, we're in our seats, but in the sense of letting our eyes close and really letting yourself turn towards your experience. And your intention in coming here. And honor that, honor that, even if in your opinion it wasn't a good sitting or whatever, honor that under it there's a wish to open and be present, open to life and be part of it, to be fluid, not fixed. And we take that practice and that beautiful intention, and we don't keep it for ourselves alone, but we open to let it radiate outward in every direction, including ourselves and the people here and beyond and beyond and beyond, and to include animals and plants and the planet and the whole universe. Why be stingy? Why stop? And we offer the wish, may we all be safe and protected from harm and danger. May we all be as well as we can be. May we all find the resources and support and love we need. And may all beings everywhere, without exception, be free. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for your practice and for showing up for yourselves and for all of us. 
and take very good care. <laughs>